You guys look like you're not sure what to do with the dog. <laughs> Karen, where's Karen? How are you feeling? You okay? We, um, we, we tried something new to attract people to church today. We put an ambulance out the front. And, um, well, you guys came, so. <laughs> no, you don't, yeah, I'm glad you're okay. All right, um, I, I think just for a moment about a, um, the, the last time you said farewell to someone, the last time you said goodbye. There's a lot of a range of goodbyes. Some of them are good. Most of them are not what we want to engage in, and some of them are really, really difficult. When I um, had been dating Lyndall, we'd been dating for three months, and it came time for her to do a three-month travel around Australia. I wasn't invited, wasn't very considerate, didn't really ask, said you're going. And so Linda went, and early that morning that she went, we got up at, uh, it was a ridiculous time for the young adults, the young adults that we were, we got up at um, whatever time it was, and me and a mate went round, and I, I, we, we had our, our final kiss and had a hug. It was just a beautiful moment. And, um, and then she, she drove down the court, off into the sunrise and, and, a, and a tear may or may not have come to my eye um, and as I was reflecting on that this week we were talking to somebody else about that story as I was reflecting on that and reflecting on goodbyes I, some goodbyes are really difficult and, and the passage that we're talking about today was, was Jesus' goodbye to his followers now for Jesus he had a clear understanding of what was going to happen and what was, was taking place for his disciples they weren't as, as um, sharp on the ball with what was taking place and so, um, so his disciples he gathers them and they have this meal it's called the Last Supper it's kind of its nickname if you like he gathered them and, and they, they come together and they share bread and wine which is where we get communion from we get the idea of Eucharist from sort of born in that moment and they were sharing the Passover Passover was a Jewish festival where God had spared the Jewish people when they're under Pharaoh's rule and had freed them. So they were, they were celebrating this Passover, this Last Supper, as Jesus starts to do some radical things. So first of all, he, he washes their feet, which as we saw in the video, rabbis don't do. But, but then he goes on to, in a sense, give them a, a final speech. And it wasn't a final speech as such that he stood up in front of them. He actually prayed. But they all got to listen in. They were gathered round and they got to listen in to what he was praying. And, and the Jewish custom was he would stand to pray. So he would have stood and he would have raised his hands because that's what they did. And that's where it's part of our tradition as Christians when we raise our hands in worship. It, it's, it's got a long tradition of just surrender to God. So he would have stood and he would have prayed. And he prayed for three chapters worth. So it was a good one, right? It wasn't just like a little, hey, God, just uh, hope they go well. He really got stuck into it and he prayed for them. He prayed for the world. He prayed that they would be close to him. And, and there's this range of different um, fluidity through the um, chapters of 14, 15, 16, 17 of John as he, he preaches. It's the sorts of his final hurrah. It's the final words he gets to say in the intimacy with his disciples before he were to walk out the door, go to the garden, Pray, be arrested, be go through several trials, be stripped naked and hung up on a cross to die. And in that prayer, he prays for his disciples' protection. It's tucked away in these like two little verses which we're looking at today. He prays for his disciples' protection. Now, if you could have Jesus pray for your protection over one sort of 
issue, one category, one thing, what would it be? If you could say, okay, Jesus, if you could protect me, if you could pray to God that I would be protected against what, what would that be? What, what, would, your, what would your answers and thoughts be? Fear? Any particular fear or just fear in general? Or fear? Great. Tripping over in the car park? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Health? you pray if you Jesus just pray that I would be protected around anything else spring to mind Pardon? Sickness. sickness yep interesting question isn't it you ever thought about that question before I hadn't really until I sort of arrived at this verse it's important that we keep in mind that that Jesus is never going to pray for us to, for an idol in our lives to be strengthened so if part of you went, oh, I pray for more money, or like I pray that protection against being poor, that might elevate an idol in your life. And Jesus isn't going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to encourage an idol that's going to oppose me. So, so Jesus isn't going to be praying that way. And Jesus is probably going to be praying more along God's will and agenda than ours, right? It's important to keep in mind as we think about what he actually did. So we're going to have a look at what he prayed. Um, and if you want to look in your Bibles... It's John chapter 11, no, John chapter 17, verse 11. So John chapter 17, verse 11. I'm going to read it for you. If you, if you can't go there, don't want to go there, just want to sit in the, the, the oral words, here we are. John 17, verse 11. Jesus is praying in front of his disciples. He said, I will remain in the world no longer, but they, so his disciples that were right there with him, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me so that, and here it comes, they may be one as we are one. That's the protection Jesus prays for, right? So that they may be one as, as we, Jesus is praying, are one. So, so when Jesus prays for our protection, Jesus wants us to be protected so that we are one, so that we are, are, are a community, so that we are close, so that we are engaging others and bringing them into our lives. And that's full of all sorts of things that could go wrong. And, and Jesus is like, I protect them against that. It's this charge that he gives to the disciples. They wouldn't have been expecting it. They wouldn't be, they would, oh, did you hear what he, oh, wow. This, this must mean so much. To Jesus, what we have here, what he has been cultivating, gosh, that means so much to him. We need to really value it. Now, this week, I have a confession to make. I got an opportunity to go and take some photographs for a business, and there were headshots that they want to use in their marketing stuff. So this idea came because a friend of mine knew some people, and he said, do you want to go along and come and do this? So I'm like, yeah, sure, sounds good. And as the day got closer and closer, which was Wednesday, I became more and more nervous. I was like, oh man, so many things can go wrong. And they, <laughs> we told them we weren't professionals, but they thought we were professionals, right? Because, what, you can press a button on a camera, right? So, so the night before, I'm starting to fear and fret and feel a little bit like uneasy. And I'm, and I'm starting to think the batteries better not run out. We're using flashes and stuff. Batteries better not run out. 
my camera settings better be, because I've been in so many situations where you're half an hour into a photo shoot and you've got the wrong settings. It's the worst ever, like the camera settings have got to be, got to be right. And, and, and the space we're in, it's unfamiliar. Gosh, I hope it works for what we want to do, right? So this is all like, God, oh, do I pray about that? Do I pray about it? I, I, we, we, we don't look like idiots. And we want everything to be consistent, right? So this is what I'm going through. And, and in effect, I wanted to say, God, protect me from the disaster that this may very well be. Because I didn't have faith in, my, in myself. Um, protect me against me looking like a complete fool in this situation. But Jesus' prayer for me was not that, right? His prayer for me was that I would be protected so that I could be one with the others who God wants to be one with as well, that we, in a sense, humanity would be drawn closer and closer into God's presence so there wouldn't be separation between each other and between God and people. That's what God really wanted when I'm getting ready for this photo shoot, right? That's what God wants when we face these situations, whether they be at work or um, things that are happening with our families or things with our friends or whatever. That's what God wants to protect us against, protect them so that they may be one as we are one. Now, just think about that for a sec. We as we are one. Jesus is saying that to God, reflecting on his relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, no closer relationship has ever existed. No, no deeper sense of knowing each other and trusting each other and anticipating each other has or ever will be. Your closest relationship is, is a reflection of that. But there's nothing as close as that. And Jesus wants us to have that. He calls us in, he beckons us in to that, not just with him, but with each other, right? And all of a sudden you go, oh, that's a little bit scary. That costs a little bit. I get now why Jesus was talking about we need to be protected in this space. In fact, that's what Jesus wants the church to be like. That's what we have. We, we, are, we are a vessel of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's work is seen in, in relationship to the love that we have for each other that people would, would become part of our lives and part of the church's life, whether it's here on a Sunday or in our small groups or when we go and hang out with people, whatever that looks like, and go, oh, this feels different. You don't hold grudges. You're really generous. You care. You encourage. That's what people need, and that's what we have. That's what Jesus gives us. You have the same oneness as, as the Father and I have a oneness. That has been imparted to you. It's so beautiful and yet so costly. See, in Jesus' prayer for village, for us, he prays that we would have a closeness with one another that others would see and go, I want to be part of that and they'd be welcomed into it. That there needs to be a sense of people belonging that go, I've not belonged anywhere like this before. That the people go, I don't, I don't ever feel left out because I get to come together with people who are just like me, even though they're completely different, to come to know Jesus. Jesus prays that for us. Now, do we hear the prayer? Do we trust the prayer? Do we take it seriously? See, it's not just a plea from Jesus' heart. It's not just a 
oh guys, if you can just get one thing right, just do this. It's, it's not that. It comes with this guarantee of protection. It's an expectation. It's this will happen. I got your back. You're protected. The things you fear on instinct when you go, no, I've got that. I've got it covered. See, if we're willing to give ourselves to this beautiful vision, God says, I've got your back. You're protected. What we fear about becoming part of, God will compensate for. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. So think for a moment, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to new relationships you have or new relationships that are friendships that might be in the future, what do you fear? What do you fear about those things? What do you think? Rejection. Rejection? It's a great one. Say again, guys. Collapse. Like the, the relationship just, yep, collapsing. Great. Yes. Too much time, too much effort. Great call. Yes, one way. Yep. And all the things that attach to that. Uh, do I look like an idiot? My two needy? Is it all weird? Yep, all that stuff. Yep. Anyone else? Anything else? First impressions, yeah. Now these are ringing true with everyone. You hear this and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's a pretty accurate list. I had a bit of a think about it. Yeah, rejected, being gossiped about, being gossiped to, being slandered, being hated, being misunderstood, having trust broken, being disrespected, being judged, being inconvenienced, feeling awkward. That's what we need protection from, right? That they're the things that a relationship, the downside, that's what we need protection from, which, which is what Jesus asked God to do for us. Now, if those fears were out of the way, if they weren't a factor anymore, we would feel such a freedom toward loving people, such a freedom that we would welcome people in. We would actually go out and say, who is it that you want me to befriend and to love and to care for and to chat to? Because I'm willing to put myself out there if there's no downside, if I'm protected against that. I think that's what Jesus had in mind. I think he knew that was the case. You know, our actual greatest fear is mine. I'm pretty sure it's yours. I'm pretty sure it belongs to everybody in Burley. Our greatest fear is disruption. We don't want our lives to be disrupted. We hate our lives and our comfort being disrupted. We, we, we hate that Jesus might overthrow this idol of comfort. We hate that Jesus might mess up this calm, steady, stable life that we've developed. Ten years ago, people used to joke about not wanting to get sent to Africa by God if they trusted him, right? It's that same thing. We just express it in a different way. God, I'm going to give you everything. Just don't muck up everything when I give it to you, okay? Can I, can I trust you with that? We have come so accustomed to, our, to, to protecting ourselves against disruption that it leads us away from the life Jesus has and we don't even realise it. 
It's so deeply ingrained. And I hope some of you are going, no, 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 I love disruption. And I hope this week the Spirit of God just niggles away at you and shows that in all of us there is this sense of, oh, perhaps I need Jesus to disrupt some more of my life and I need to kind of to go with that. Now, here's what's interesting. If we believe that God has and does answer Jesus' prayer, that God is protecting us from what we fear most, he's not saying it won't happen. To be protected against something means it happens, right? So he's not saying, oh, just throw yourself into this and no, no negative or bad or anything will ever happen to you. He's not saying that at all. He's saying he'll protect us when it does happen. So there's almost this, this understanding that, that relationships mean it, there's going to be a tough and a downside and a hard and a messy and, and that. There's going to be that. But God says, I, I'm protecting you against how that affects you, how that determines you, how that shapes you, what that does to you. We can fearlessly develop friendships with people and enjoy those friendships if we trust God in this. We can introduce Jesus to those people who we think, oh, I could never do that. It's too difficult. But we can't unless we allow God to disrupt something in the process. Now, if you take that perspective into a photo shoot, it changes the way you think about stuff, right? Just like it changes the way you might think about work tomorrow morning. Oh, hang on. Jesus is in the business of disrupting me, but he'll protect me from what takes place. That changes the way I, I look. It changes the way I think and I, and I pray and I approach it. It changes the way we do parenting. It changes the way we, we look over our neighbor's fence and have a chat to them. It changes the way we serve in the community. It changes everything. Jesus is praying for us that we would ultimately be drawn together in the church and then into the church. And it's not a four-wall gathering thing here. We are the church and we happen to gather here, right? So into the church, into, the, into our life, our corporate life together. Those who don't, spend, who don't um, know Jesus, that they might know Jesus and become one with us and one with him. That's Jesus' plea. And so he says, I will remain in the world no longer. It's like, see ya, gotta go. But they, God, are still in the world. I'm coming to you. It's, it's not they are still in the church. So the emphasis of this isn't about Christian community. It's there in the world and it's tough there. But we've asked them to love the unlovable, to care for those people who are just stuck or on the margins or difficult or whatever. We need to protect them. And so as I was getting ready for the photo shoot on Tuesday night and pondering about all this stuff that I was had this nagging feeling that is a dumb thing to pray, Ralph. Instead of praying that the batteries are full, put them on charge, right? Instead of praying that the camera settings are right, set them up now and they'll be good. Instead of worrying about whether you'll get people quick enough, that is ridiculous because it takes half a second to go, don't stress about that stuff. I want you to stress about it because I was stressing about how do we keep the status quo, right? And Jesus is like, no, 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 we're going to disrupt some stuff. Here, I want to, I'm in the business of disrupting things and I can't disrupt the world unless you're first disrupted. Unless you're first comfortable with what it is for Jesus to mess up your life and mess up the comfort and the peace because then you get in faith. It's like, oh, I can't put my security in any of this stuff or these things or the way it all works. I have to put my security 
in you. See, too often, I ask for the opposite of God disrupting stuff. Like, God restored me this peace and this security and stuff. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I want to do the opposite. I want to mess stuff up so that you just go, oh, I can't do this without you. God, I can't get forward without you. And so as I'm getting ready on Tuesday night, the, the reality of this kind of creeps up on me and then just smashes me. And, and I felt God saying, you know, here's the deal. Tomorrow you go into this space where no one knows me. You're my ambassador there. <laughs> You're my hands and feet and voice. Now, all I've got in that situation is you. And so you, you better step it up. Because I've prayed on your behalf that God would protect you against all the things you're, you're worried, you're, that you should be worried about. You can actually go and give of yourself and bless people and be there in that situation. I'm first going to disrupt you before I disrupt them. We often think, God, disrupt them. God's like, I'm going to disrupt your life so that then you're comfortable in a space where you trust me that when I disrupt their life through you, they go, they turn to you and say, how does this work? And we get to make disciples. Right? So I went in and I had an amazing time on Wednesday. And I took the things that God was doing in me and I put them into practice. I took the things God was saying to me. I decided to trust them. And we had, it had a main that I learned heaps. I got to meet a bunch of new friends. I got to encourage people all the way through that apparently when you get your photo taken, you don't, you go, I'm so ugly. You get to say, no, you're not. What are you talking about? You get to engage on this deep, deep level. And I didn't have to tell anyone I was a Christian because the guy I went with who isn't a Christian told everyone that I was a Christian. <laughs> it, just, it was just easy to be in that space when God had readjusted my thing to say, don't worry about all the stuff. Just trust in me. Do what you can do. And I'll do the stuff that really matters. Because between me and you, I'd never say this to them. But the photos, they don't matter. It's what God does in that workplace and with those people that really matters. Afterwards, I realised I had nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. Other than the workload of editing like a thousand photos, that's, that's not good. God protected me. God will protect you. Jesus prayed it so. Jesus prayed it so. See, I learned, that, I learned that the reason we don't run with wide open arms toward people just to, to love them and embrace them is because we, what we fear most is our lives being disrupted. Whether that be momentary or ongoing, we go, but what if it doesn't go perfectly? Has it ever gone perfectly? Is there ever even such a thing? It doesn't, doesn't happen right that, but that's why we don't invite more people around for dinner. This is oh, it's a big week. It's just, man, I got all this stuff and I can't afford it and all that. Like, it's about disruption. It's why it's easy not to go to a small group because we've had a big day and there's a lot on. It's a big day. Oh, I, just, I can't make it there. It's why we sidestep sharing our faith. It's why we find comfort in the same small group of people that we go, these, these are my good friends. I don't need any other friends. And God says, I know you don't. You've got me. Other people need you. It's why we don't start extracurricular activities because we hate disruption. But Jesus is in the business of it. If you let me disrupt your life more and more because of love, then the things you fear I will protect you against. So how does the protection work? Well, we talked a fair bit about it. You're going, yeah, I'm intrigued. 
not yet sold. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Protect those who are left in the world, that the power which we experience, which you gave to me to give to this world, may be then in them. That this power you have given God, protect them by this power of the Holy Spirit that now resides in them to do these things. Make these people as invincible as you have made me with all their insecurities and their failings and their fragileness. The work God does in and through Jesus, Jesus is now inviting us into. And in it, we find we are protected. See, that power, that, that it shifted everything in just a few days later after the event that we're talking about. Jesus went from the meal, he was arrested, he was tried, he was hung on a cross, and he had every step of the way all the power he would ever need to cancel it, to defeat his enemies, to free himself. There was never any doubt of that. Even while he was hanging on the cross and they dared him, free yourself, take yourself off if this is who you really say you are. But instead, he embraces the cross. He just takes hold of this cross. He welcomed the torture and the injustice and the ab abandonment because he was way, he was up to much more than anybody else understood. He had this vision that nobody else had grasped hold of. He was at work disempowering death and sin, freeing us of it. He was at work rendering exhausted the things that we fear. Jesus stripped them of their power. They're no longer, but longer are powerful because of Jesus. So then when we encounter these things that we listed before, we have a choice. Do we put our security in those things? Which is what we so easily find to do. Someone says, I hate you. And we put our security in that. We go, oh my gosh, who, who am I as a result of that? We start to look badly about us. We can put our security in what someone says or does to us or doesn't do to us. Or we can put our security in Jesus. And Jesus said, this is what I think of you. I'm going to hang on the cross for you. I'm going to give my life for you. I'm going to give everything for you because you matter so much to me. We have a choice. Where do we put our security? Because Jesus becomes now this opportunity that if we put our security in him, we're protected, right? Those things can't hurt us. When people don't call back, instead of feeling rejected and say, I just did what God wanted me to do, we put our security in Christ. People say, you asked too much of me. Oh, I don't have to take on any pain or hurt or disrespect from that because I have acceptance in Christ. So that means the reaching out to others and extending friendship and offering an invite and sharing about our faith and welcoming the disruption, it doesn't mean that those who we try to love won't at times respond in ways that may hurt us. It doesn't cancel that out. It means that we don't need to be hurt by them. Now I have to add a caveat here. Sometimes there are things that happen by people that we deeply trust that are truly horrific and completely unjust and just overcoming that isn't part of the deal they hurt us so deeply that we do need further help we do and i want to say if, if that's the space you're in today 
What we're talking about isn't about those deep, deep, deep things. This is about when we, we're making relationships. So if you want to talk and some prayer and, and like around that later on, please come and talk to me. But what I want us to grasp is who or what do we put our security in? The choice for a Christian is where do I place my security? Do I place it in the person that I've tried to love and they've hurt me? Or do I put it in Jesus who says, regardless of what anyone does, they cannot take anything from you. When Jesus asks, when Jesus asks God to protect them, he was placing himself before God as an answer to that prayer. He's saying protect them by giving them, reminding them, revealing to them what they will find in me. So let me just tell you how this works. A few, a, a, quite a long time ago now, I was at an event and I bumped into a guy and we hit it off. Yeah, there's conversations, you're, you're chatting and, and we're like, hey, got to go, but we should do coffee sometime. And so we, um, we were on Facebook, so I contacted him and said, do you want to do coffee? And he's like, yeah, I'm keen for that. And so we, 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 we caught up and we uh, shared coffee and had a really great chat. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, oh, do you want to catch up again? He's like, yeah, sounds good. And so we caught up. And then a couple of weeks later or whatever after that, he contacted me and said, oh, you want a coffee and catch up? Like, that sounds great. So things like, I'm like, this is great. A new friend, someone that's, that's this, this is just cool. Like the, the, the way relationships happen. Now remember, Jesus prayed that God would protect me so that they may be one as we are one. So if I put myself out there to live with the same love that Jesus loved, Jesus has got my back, right? God's got my back. I don't need to fear anything. So a little while later, he contacted me and said, do you want to hang out? I said, yes. When? And silence. It's like he's forgot the text. He missed the text. So I text you back a little bit later. So, hey, you still want to hang out? Like, when and where? Silence. A little while later, thinking, oh, hey, got your text before. Love to hang out. You still up for it? Silence. And then you enter awkward territory, right? Like, oh, what do I do now? And so I didn't do anything for a month. I'm like, oh, something's, what have I done? What's happened? Like, I don't know what to do. So about a month later, Contacted, hey, how you doing? Hope you're doing all right. Nothing. Silence. Like, what's going on? What do I do? And you know, you, you start to think about all the things you said and did. What? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. It's easy to feel rejected and hurt and offended and disrespected. But I have Jesus, right? Look at Jesus who prays for me that I would be protected against those very things that I'm, that I'm vulnerable to. And Jesus already accepts me and he loves me and he welcomes me and he seeks me out. I don't need those things from this friendship. I already have them in Jesus. And because Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the creator of all who gave his life for me, sees me as important to him, I don't need that from anyone else. Of all the love I could ever handle from God. So I didn't feel ill toward this person. I went, I don't know what's going on, but is what it is. About three months later, out of the blue one day, I felt God saying, you should contact him again. And I went, I don't want to. And it just bugged me, like, and these things, confession time, they bugged me for a couple of weeks, right? A couple of weeks later, I went, all right. 
So content like, hey, and it was just a general thing. Hey, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. I don't even know if I said I want to catch up. And then he responds back. And then I said, well, do you want to catch up? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. I go, oh, I've been here before. Um, what time or place? And then he gives me a time or place. And then he comes and shows up. And we have a conversation. And it's the most normal conversation you could ever have. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, what is going on? Like, was it just me gone a bit weird over the last little while? And it was the course of the conversation rolls on. He starts to share about some of the difficult things that he's been in and how he's withdrawn from everyone. He didn't even ever acknowledge any of that stuff. But he didn't have to because as he was sharing, he's like, you're the only one that's reached back out to me. And I got to say, well, God kind of told me to. And what does that say to him? That God loves him, that God cares for him, that God's interested. And, and so this unfolds and I'm left going, I don't need to worry about any of this stuff. I just, I need to believe that God has protected me. I need to be faithful what he asks me to do when he asks me to do it. And the rest is up to him. And he does protect us. Because he's truly what makes the difference. See, God's desire is to draw us together and to draw this world to himself where we find wholeness and healing. And he is relentless about it. He just won't give up. So much so that he says, I'm so keen on this idea. I've got you protected. No need to fear. You have that security in me. Don't put it in another. Just love as I tell you to love. And you'll have a ball doing it. And that's really what makes a difference for people. People want to be loved. We all want to be loved. And who better to do it than God? We're carriers, bearers, ambassadors of that. So welcome the disruption. Pray that God might bring it on. Because Jesus is in the disruption. And the disruption is the only way we can fully enter into the life that he calls us to. So let's pray. God, we are sorry that we have fled from your disruption. We have quietened that, that voice that says, invite that person over. Be generous to that person. Extend some friendship. Love that person. God, we have failed so many times and we are sorry. We don't want to be that people. We want to be a people who fearlessly love, a supernatural love that enables what you feel towards people to, to be known and seen and felt by them. So God, we, we, we just pray a daring prayer that you might disrupt our lives more this week. That next week when we gather, there will be stories of disruption. There'll be testimonies of you interrupting our weeks and our lives in wonderful ways. Lord, we pray you would, you would draw us together. You would make us one, as, as Jesus, you and the Father are one. That you might do that by the power of your Holy Spirit. And you might draw others from Burley and from beyond into that, Lord. That we might be part of seeing your kingdom established like it has never been established before. And so, Lord, burden our hearts with that. Just to listen, to have the faith and to obey. And may we see you disrupt Burley. 
we just pause now just for a moment. Or we think of the lives that that need disrupting, our friends, our family, the people that we know, the people we work with. Lord, we just want to bring them before you right now. Pray that you might disrupt their lives, Lord. Lord, we thank you that your cross disrupted history in such a way that opened heaven's gates for everyone. Give us the faith this week to proclaim that. We pray this in your name. Amen. We're now going to close with one final song that Karen won't play for us, but the video will. Karen was so excited to play today. I even gave her permission to do some of the songs that she really wants that doesn't usually happen. And then you had your, your full. All right, so let's stand and let's worship Jesus. Yeah.